everybody. Welcome to the Bigger Insights Finance Podcast, where we'll help you build a life you don't need a vacation from. Look, we need to talk about Bitcoin's fundamental flaw that no one's talking about. So if you're considering buying Bitcoin, you own some, or you're a maxi, go ahead and use your diamond hands to turn up your volume because we have some things to talk about that need to be said. And by the way, if you're listening to the audio version of this, we also publish video content for each episode on our website, biggerinsights.com, and Spotify. So if you're interested, go feast your laser eyes on that. If you're not familiar with our work, we also produce a privacy and security podcast called Bigger Insights Privacy and Security, if you can believe that. You should go ahead and take a gander at that as well. But the reason we bring this up is because we debated whether to publish this episode here in finance or our privacy and security podcast. If you haven't guessed, we're very concerned about the privacy ramifications of Bitcoin, but we decided to publish this in finance because we see an awful lot of maxis in the finance space that seem to have zero clue as to what those privacy ramifications are. And you might be thinking to yourself, yeah, yeah, we all know Bitcoin transactions can be traced, so this must be a nothing burger, but we encourage you to listen because we're going to be discussing how things are likely to evolve in the future and give you a perspective on Bitcoin that you might not be thinking about. That perspective is that of the producer the one accepting Bitcoin as payment for goods and services rendered. There are two sides to every transaction. Much of the crypto activity thus far has been between investors. Investor A sells to investor B who sells to investor C. But we really need true adoption for Bitcoin to moon like everyone thinks it will. As an investor or maybe even as a consumer, you might not be thinking about these things, But as a producer, there are serious risks to accepting Bitcoin that you need to consider. Let's just provide a little bit of background into the privacy concerns that Bitcoin presents. When some people think of Bitcoin, they think that it's anonymous, which is completely false. Bitcoin is pseudonymous in that your identity isn't directly published on the Bitcoin ledger, but there's still an identity involved and that identity can be traced back to you. Bitcoin operates on a transparent public ledger. The transparency is the fundamental flaw that we want to focus on, and we say fundamental and not fatal because this won't necessarily cause Bitcoin to go to zero, but this is an issue that is inherent to Bitcoin, and it may seriously hinder its adoption by everyday individuals and businesses going forward. We might go into more detail in a future episode about techniques for de-anonymizing Bitcoin users, but if you do own Bitcoin, it would be conservative for you to assume that your identity can and will be matched to your Bitcoin transactions. That may already be the case, or that may occur at some point in the future. Keep in mind that transactions are permanent. Even if someone can't identify you today, they may be able to put enough pieces together over time to identify you at some point in the future. Companies like Chainalysis exist for a reason. 
and that is to identify Bitcoin users and other information like tracing where coins are coming from, where they're going, whether they're involved in crimes, etc. If you use a KYC exchange like Coinbase or Kraken or something like that, your identity is obviously tied to those transactions. But even if that isn't the case, there may still be enough clues regarding the transactions leading up to your Bitcoin purchases or at the time of sale that indicate you're the person behind those transactions. Let's just say for the sake of argument that the authorities want to know who's behind your wallet address, but they can't yet identify you. Could they perhaps identify who sold you your Bitcoin and get them to rat you out? Maybe, but again, assume you either are or will be identified not just by authorities, but by private businesses or individuals as well. For those of you who are new to privacy, let's talk about that for a minute. Your finances are among the most sensitive data that you own. We would say it's right up there with health data, perhaps even more sensitive for some people. If you can be identified as the owner of your Bitcoin wallets, imagine what that can mean for you. That exposes your holdings, transaction times and amounts, and whom you're transacting with. If you're just speculating and selling to other investors, that might not be a big deal. But again, if we want Bitcoin to succeed, we need more widespread adoption than just relying on greater fools. What would happen if, for example, we had a competing crypto that offered the same benefits as Bitcoin, plus better privacy. And even if you did only intend to speculate, why would you not want those added privacy benefits? I mean, if you had to choose between two banks, Bank A, which makes your data public, or Bank B, which keeps your data private, why would you choose Bank A over Bank B? It doesn't make any sense. If you are spending your Bitcoin, Think about what those transactions may reveal about you. Your financial transactions can be used to determine or somewhat accurately infer your age, gender, race, location, income, sexual orientation, political views, physical and mental health, eating and drinking habits, hobbies and interests, education levels, various forms of risk like creditworthiness or other information for auto insurance, etc., what's on your shopping list potentially, on and on. Now, when we say somewhat accurately, this is where things get interesting and kind of scary, to be honest. If you sit down and think about it sometime, we don't really know anything. We assign probabilities to determine what we think we know. So when third parties analyze you and your data, They make inferences based on that data, which may or may not be accurate. Let's say, for example, that you go to your local brewery a few times a week, not to drink, but to eat their barbecue or pizza or whatever. Let's also say that that brewery has laser eyes, so they accept your Bitcoin. Now, when the advertisers and analytics companies, insurance companies, and so on, analyze that data and identify you as the source of those transactions, and they see how much you're spending at the brewery and how frequently you visit, what inference do you think that they're going to make? 
they're probably going to assume that you drink a lot. You're basically Jim Leahy at this point. That doesn't take a lot of imagination to see how that might hurt you when you go to buy insurance or apply for credit or whatever. Now, does it? For our clients who request our privacy consulting services, we recommend that they use cash for most in-store purchases. This offers pretty good anonymity, but that basically goes out the window when you use Bitcoin. You know, credit cards, debit cards, and checks have similar issues to Bitcoin, but at least those transactions aren't public record. Now let's talk about tainted coins. If you've done much research in the crypto space, you've probably heard about tainted coins. The concept here is basically that certain Bitcoin or other traceable cryptos may be considered tainted or dirty based on someone's interpretation of the transaction history behind those coins. We read what seemed to be about a 900-page article on why the idea of tainted coins is nonsense. We generally agreed with the author, but he was basically arguing that businesses and institutions shouldn't consider coins to be tainted because it's a silly idea. However, from the individual investor's perspective, no matter how asinine it might be for an entity to consider your coins to be tainted, this is always a risk that you have to consider when investing in a cryptocurrency with a transparent ledger. I mean, just imagine if you bought Bitcoin that was considered to be quote-unquote clean from a legitimate source like Coinbase or a friend or something with legitimate money, then it's later determined that those coins were involved in a serious crime at some point in the past or they were stolen by somebody, you might have a problem on your hands. Keep in mind that Bitcoin is considered property, which means that if you receive Bitcoin, even if you legitimately paid for it, and it was determined that those coins were stolen from someone else, you're required to return them to their rightful owner without any compensation. That's like what, you know, pawn shops have to deal with. If they buy, say, a watch from somebody, and then the police come and they find it and they say, hey, you know, you can't sell that watch that was actually stolen, they would take that from the pawn shop and the pawn shop would get nothing in return. That's just the way that it goes with property. And if the coins that you bought from this legitimate source turned out to be involved in a serious crime, that might make you look suspicious. That might make it seem like you are a part of that crime. That's not good either. And, you know, these are risks that you need to accept if you're going to invest in Bitcoin. And the longer that time goes on, the larger that history becomes and the more likely it is that you're going to run into a problem. I don't remember the exact statistic. But I heard many years ago that some large percentage of cash contains traces of drugs like cocaine. Now, fortunately for cash users, there's no official history of every transaction that your bills are used for. But imagine if there was. It might be the case that many or most of the bills that you have were either stolen by somebody or used in some sort of crime at some point in the past. That's the kind of future that you're looking at with Bitcoin. Even if the vast majority of the transactions are legitimate, the few that are not can cause serious problems because of this transparent ledger that never goes away. Now let's talk about business adoption. 
again, if we want Bitcoin to moon, it would be very helpful if we could see real adoption by businesses. The lack of corporate adoption is one of the major hurdles for cryptocurrencies, but we certainly understand the hesitation. The transparent ledger makes Bitcoin a non-starter for many businesses for several reasons. The first of which is the risk of receiving tainted coins. There was a funny incident that happened with Tornado Cash that made the news. In case you missed it, the U.S. Treasury sanctioned Tornado Cash. Now, Tornado Cash was basically an Ethereum mixing service. When the U.S. sanctioned it, this made it illegal for U.S. citizens, residents, and companies to use it, which is a problem because at the time this went down, there was about $100 million in this service, which obviously put many users in a bind. But one of the funny things that came out of this, which is where we're going with the whole tainted coins things, is that some Tornado Cash user sent small amounts of ether from blacklisted Tornado Cash addresses to several celebrities and businesses who published their wallet's public address. This included Jimmy Fallon, Puma, Brian Armstrong, Vitalik Buterin, and so on. So now these people and businesses have received tainted ether, which one could make the case that they broke the law. They technically accepted payment from a sanctioned service. Now that might sound overdramatic, but listen to what the Treasury said about this. They said, quote, OFAC will not prioritize enforcement against those recipients. Our interpretation of that is that enforcement is still on the table for these people, but it's just not a high priority. So just think about that right quick. Let's say you, you know, you've got your diamond hands and your laser eyes. So like a good maxi, you publish your Ethereum address online somewhere, so far so good, then some jabroni sends you tainted coins, now you've got a big problem on your hands. You see where this is going? Look at that from a business's perspective. We don't want to deal with stuff like that. The last thing that we want to do is get into hot water with the feds because some client of ours knowingly or unknowingly paid us with tainted coins. So if a client wants to pay us in Bitcoin, how are we supposed to ensure that those coins aren't tainted? And if they are, what are we supposed to do about it? What is our responsibility or liability here? If those coins were stolen, we might need to give them up. If they were involved in a crime, now we're involved as far as the law is concerned. It's not a good situation. All right, issue number two from a business's perspective. Since the blockchain is transparent, it may be incumbent upon a business to do some due diligence to determine whether said coins are tainted or not. Even if this isn't expressly required by law, governments may still seek action against you if, for example, customers of you used ill-gotten coins to purchase your products or services. You know, they could very easily argue that you could have done your due diligence by doing X, Y, or Z, or employing A, B, or C, and maybe if you had done that, you would have known that those coins were tainted and you wouldn't have accepted them. And by failing to do so, you're complicit in facilitating these transactions. Now, just to be clear, we're not in any way saying that we agree with that logic. We're just saying that 
This is basically the world that we live in. You know, I saw a story once where the police in some town were trying to basically seize this motel. I can't remember if they were actually successful or not, but they were trying to seize it because the police identified some illegal activity going on inside the motel rooms. So when you're a business owner or investor, you need to be very careful because you can be held responsible for things that you shouldn't just because a few bad actors broke the law, even though you didn't have anything to do with it. The third reason why cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin can be a non-starter for many businesses is the fact that we don't want to publicly expose our holdings, our transactions, our income, our expenses, or our customers. Why would anybody want to do that? And especially us, you know, we're trying to run a private business. We're trying to protect the privacy of our customers. The last thing we want to do is expose their financial details. Now, I'll admit it would basically be a dream come true if if we could just put up a QR code or something on our website, like biggerinsights.com slash pay or something, and all of our customers would pay us through that, and it would be fast and secure and not have to deal with the banks and transaction fees and all that. That would be great, but the problem with doing that, at least with Bitcoin, is now we're exposing our information and our customers' information. We are still considering accepting Bitcoin because it's popular although that might not ever happen. But if we do, we'll probably do something like set up a separate wallet for each client and then immediately convert the Bitcoin that they send us into something like Monero. That would protect our data from them and the public, as well as protect their data from the public. But that has two issues still. One, that's a non-trivial amount of work. And two, that still doesn't address the concern of receiving tainted coins. Because what do we do if we go to liquidate those coins, but we can't because they've been flagged? What are we supposed to do? Hand those over to the feds or meet with some stranger in a dark alley to exchange them for fiat? Let's be realistic here. You know, we're trying to run a business. Now, right about now, you might be thinking, oh, but you know, business X and Y, like Tesla and my local coffee shop accepted Bitcoin. And, you know, that might be true, but generally speaking, even those businesses that do, you know, accept Bitcoin and quotes, many of them don't really accept it directly. Instead, what they do is they use an intermediary that converts your Bitcoin into fiat, and then they receive your fiat currency. You might think that that's just a distinction without a difference, but it's not it shows that they don't really want your Bitcoin. And if you try to pay them with your tainted coins, you know, we don't know for sure, but we're assuming that that would be a problem between you and the intermediary, not you and your coffee shop. So of course, we could do that as well. But now we're basically in the same crappy boat that we would be in as if we were talking about accepting credit card transactions. And at that point, what's the point? So now you're probably thinking like, oh yeah, okay, I I get what you're saying, but there are workarounds for all of this. That might involve, you know, buying Bitcoin with cash somewhere or using mixers or tumblers or things like that. And that sounds great on paper, but there are risks and costs associated with doing that as well. 
So yes, you can use a mixer. Well, maybe. I mean, you can't use Tornado Cash. I realize that that's for Ethereum, but it's the same concept. So yes, you can mix your Bitcoin and theoretically make them anonymous, but now you have a new problem. Now your coins look very, very suspicious. You've basically just self-tainted your own coins. Now, again, we don't believe in that, but as far as like the banks and insurance companies or the the government or whomever, as, as far as all of those large players are concerned that actually control our financial system, your coins look very suspicious. So of course, if you mix your Bitcoin and you send them to us to pay your bill, well, now we inherit that liability. And I'm sure there are other techniques that you can use to try to protect your privacy. But no matter what you do, as long as Bitcoin has a transparent ledger, even if your transaction history doesn't look tainted, if there's anything that looks off about it, that could end up being a problem for you. There are many, many people and institutions that believe that you have no reason or expectation of privacy if you're doing nothing wrong, which is a horrendously flawed idea, by the way. Therefore, if anything about your Bitcoin history makes it look like you're trying to hide something, that can be used against you. Now, to be fair, a transparent ledger could increase adoption in some circumstances in between some entities. In highly regulated financial systems like the U.S., we might see that certain institutions can or will only deal with transparent ledgers like Bitcoin or certain stable coins. So from that perspective, owning some Bitcoin may not be a bad idea, but the point of this episode is to ground our expectations about how we should be seeing and using Bitcoin because we have a feeling that many Bitcoin investors aren't going to consider these until they've been smacked by them. All right, now for the moment you've all been waiting for, let's talk about Monero. Monero is a more private alternative to Bitcoin. It's not a poop coin, and it is used for everyday transactions by ordinary people. Monero is actually quite similar to Bitcoin. Its primary difference is that it's more private and anonymous. Monero uses ring signatures and stealth addresses and other techniques to obfuscate who is sending what to whom. As we like to say in the Monero community, Monero is what people thought they got when they bought Bitcoin, which is really funny because when you actually listen to what a lot of Bitcoin owners say, they really seem to be under the impression that they're anonymous. You know, they see those letters and numbers of their wallet address and think themselves like, well, I'm not 03F6, 13, whatever, whatever, but they don't seem to have any idea that their identity can be traced back to that wallet. With Monero, that's much harder to do. You know, with Monero, we can transact with each other without you seeing things like who else we're transacting with or how much Monero we have or or anything like that. Here at Bigger Insights, we like to say that if Bitcoin is Google Chrome, which, you know, is very popular, but it's a nightmare for your privacy, then Monero is the Tor browser. They both get the job done. But if you want to protect your privacy, Tor Browser is the way to go, not Google Chrome. If you want to protect your financial information, 
Monero is the way to go, not Bitcoin. So to wrap this up, we do like Bitcoin, don't get us wrong. It's one of the more significant inventions of our time, and it obviously has tremendous advantages over fiat currency. However, we aren't just limited to choosing Bitcoin or fiat. We have other options, better options as far as we're concerned, at least as a currency. We don't believe Bitcoin is a viable currency, at least relative to Monero, but you could make a reasonable case for it being a speculation or at some point it may be a relatively stable store value. Bitcoin suffers from the fact that it was designed before financial privacy really started becoming a big deal. We're pretty confident that if Satoshi was creating Bitcoin today, he, she, it, or they would make it more like Monero than today's implementation of Bitcoin. Monero is the closest thing to digital cash and Satoshi's true vision of cryptocurrency. However, in this highly regulated world that we find ourselves in, we acknowledge that transparent and anonymous forms of payment both have their risks. Although this may change as laws and regulations change, we think individuals should really consider a dual-pronged approach, which is having some Bitcoin as a speculation and some Monero for everyday transactions. You know, if you're going to buy beer or something like that, we would prefer to do that with Monero over Bitcoin. The last thing we'll say about this is, is, is that this is not a hit piece or a debate, but an expression of honest concerns about Bitcoin's lack of privacy. If you disagree with any of this, please let us know. We fully recognize that there are some things that we may be missing, so please reach out to us if you have any feedback. We list like eight different ways that you can contact us on our website, biggerinsights.com contact, which includes options like Signal and Session if you want to contact us securely. For those who aren't familiar with our work, we provide consulting services for clients like you in one-on-one -on -one sessions. We can help by providing the education and insights that you need to grow and protect your wealth without touching any of your assets. We don't do that here. If that sounds interesting to you, go to biggerinsights.com and fill out the short form at the bottom of the page so we can schedule your initial consultation. But other than that, thanks for staying until the end. Make sure you subscribe and share this podcast. Admit to yourself that you're not anonymous when you use Bitcoin and have a great rest of your day.